Hey, what's up, y'all? Jinx here. For a long time, a lot of us have been stuck in quarantine. And for the mogul team, that means no traveling, no studios, etc. So we started calling up our favorite rappers, singers, and commentators and asked them to take us back to the greatest moments in hip-hop. We called the show The Mogul Mixtapes. And you can listen to the entire season right now for free on Spotify. And now, I'm going to play you one of my favorite episodes. I remember one of my first trips with the girls to New York. This is Kelly Rowland, and the girls are Destiny's Child. And the first time I cut on Hot 97. Hey! Oh! Hot 97, New York's number one station blazing hip hop and RB. I remember hearing all this incredible hip hop. How I heard Talib Kweli. Trust cause this ghetto fabulous life look pretty. What a pity. Blunts is still 50 cents. It's incense. How I heard Tribe Call Quest. Yo, fuck the cop. You got to come back and do the hop. Move to your body, won't stop. How I heard uh, uh, De La Soul. Let me tell you what it's all about. A skin not considered equal. A meteor has more right than my people. It was the, the rhythm and all of the inspiration that was in it that just made me feel like I could also sing with it. So, you know what I mean? I'd already love singing, but it's like it leaned itself to so much melody and also gave you perspective at the same time. And um, the importance of being black and who we are and as a community, what we need to do for each other. It was just so many gifts that I felt like um, hip hop at that time just gave you. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that you're all familiar with the music of Kelly Rowland. I can personally remember hearing Say My Name blasting from my sister's stereo on the other side of my bedroom wall. Say my name, say my name, you acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby. And everyone remembers when Dilemma was the sound of ringtones everywhere. And do I really need to tell you all the importance of motivation? The point is, Kelly's been soundtracking our lives for over 20 years. But this time, we're flipping the script and discovering the music that means the most to Kelly Rowland, the soundtrack of her life. It's a story that starts when Kelly was a kid growing up in the South and dreaming of becoming a star. I'm Brandon Jenkins, and these are the Mogul Mixtapes. If you had to think like, if you had a mixtape or a five song playlist back then, what would have been on Kelly's playlist before this New York trip? It would be all R&B. At that time, I was living in Atlanta. So in okay. Atlanta, it was Babyface. I remember Whip Appeal. I remember um, I Give Good Love. I remember giving you the benefit. Dun, dun. Yeah, that was Pebbles. What uh, oh oh um 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 Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, that's that's what like music just you know, it was here and you had to do your little two step to go with it. When you hear the songs, it takes you back to the sights and scenes of that moment. Um I'm thinking like, so you're on this first trip to New York City. You guys are in the group. Like, what are you coming up to New York for? And like, what's happening during this trip? 
first um, opportunity of meeting labels. Wow. So that early on in the, wow. Yeah. It was, what was that? 96-ish. So yeah. Yeah. We were up there and meeting labels and uh, specifically Sony. And I remember going up there and they flew us there and we were so excited. And uh, we were in a limo at that time. Limos. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we were in a limo and we sang sang acapella for the label and they signed us that day on on the spot yeah they yeah they wanted to yeah because they've been watching us over the years and they were like yeah we want to bring them to new york we went to new york and i'll never forget getting that limo and turning on hot 97 and feeling like i was the coolest chick in the world just because i (laughs) knew about hot 97 because i felt like hot 97 is a brand yeah Mm mm-hmm it's a really strong brand and it's such a staple in New York city. And it just felt like if you listen to hot nine seven, you were cool. Yeah. Do you remember um, any other songs or moments from that time that you were like, Oh, like maybe this was like the puff era or they were playing this song or that song. Biggie's one more chance. One more chance. It wasn't just Kelly who was digging Biggie. She told me that the rest of Destiny's Child came back from that New York trip hooked on Brooklyn's Finest. In fact, Kelly told me about this memory she has of all the members of Destiny's Child hanging out at Beyonce's crib and blasting one more chance. God. Oh my God. Um, B's old house in the backyard, there was a slide and we were sliding in the pool like it was a hot summer. And I remember all of us dancing to it, like lining up to get on the slide. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, but it was so much good music that summer. I think that that was um, Aaliyah summer too, Jodeci summer too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like R. I feel like R and B and hip hop was just like extremely rich. And they were they they had merged before, but they were really starting to merge at that point in time. Which makes me think of like acts like Tribe, where they were super hip hop, but like you said, there was a lot of melody to this stuff. There's a lot of like bounce to it that still felt very New York and very hip hop, but also could kind of open your ears up to other sounds like jazz music or or R and B. You know? Yeah, you're, you're right. But I think I think I think it was well. They were playing. I mean, Bonita Applebaum and We on a World Tour. But my yes. God, that was on. <laughs> I remember hearing that. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So going from there to like, oh, (laughs) yes, that was a vibe. Here's the thing: like, tribe came in waves in my life. I remember having, of course, low in theory, loving that album, Um, and then when me and my husband got together. We, I honestly think Tribe Call Quest deserves great praise over our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> because there would be nights where we would just literally just be on a, we got the jazz, we got the jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I just feel like, I, I don't know, I can literally listen to Tribe like all day, every day. And I never get tired of it. Can you name, can you name your top three? Songs. Jazz. Stirred for me young with a laid back song. Hot sex. 
When that beat comes in, it doesn't matter what crappy mood I'm in. Hot sex on the platter always makes me just want to dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. That beat is so good. So good. And award to Because it just is so happy. Like, honestly, we'll start all of our parties off with um, award tour. Really? Yeah. Like, me and my husband love to throw dinner parties, like, at our home with just our closest people. And um, we have our DJs, our, our specific guys who know exactly what we want to hear. And it <laughs> creates a vibe and sets a tone. And as soon as they put on, we on award tour, I'm like, let's go. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, the vibe has started. Coming up we go back to the beginning and talk about Kelly Rowland's earliest musical influences, including a meeting with her idol, Whitney Houston. And yes, she freaked the fuck out. If you haven't checked out the Mogul Mixtapes, now's the time. We called up some of the best in the game to talk about their favorite moments in hip hop and dish out their ultimate lockdown tips, like this gem from Ludacris. I have my own chicken coop, or I have my own greenhouse for growing vegetables, I have my own lake where I'm able to fish. T.I. told us about the thrill of buying a dirty record. I just really wanted to hear the curse word. I, I wanted to hear how far they were willing to go. I was like, yo, people can do this? And JPEG Mafia revealed the sample that blows his mind. Explosive is the greatest beat of all time, because it's like a train getting punched in the dick backwards. That's what that beat sounds like, bro. So what are you waiting for? Jump back in time with the Mogul Mixtapes, featuring Kelly Rowland, T.I., Ludacris, and more. You can listen to the entire season right now for free on Spotify. And maybe I'm a sick, sick man, but that is the part of the game that I love. It's like chef's kiss. So it's like there are two main ways to discover music. There's the kind that you find out in the world, whether you're riding in the back of a limo like Kelly or swapping mixtapes with your friends like me. That's the music that you choose, the music that's exciting, the shit that speaks to you. And then there's the stuff that's kind of like a home-cooked meal, the music your parents played that sort of sticks with you for the rest of your life. For me, that was my mom playing Sade's CDs when I was sitting in the back of her Toyota. And growing up in the South, Kelly was hearing gospel music. My mom listened to all gospel. And don't hmm. get me wrong, Vanessa Armstrong. No, 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 no. I'm about to mess it up. Don't mess it up. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name a song? Yeah. Um, you bring out the best in me. <laughs> Vanessa Bell Armstrong. So between her, the Clark sisters, you brought the sunshine um, into uh, Mississippi Mass Choir. That's what I remember hearing growing up. When I went to my cousin's house, I heard dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> So here I am, (laughs) 
I'm like, dang, I, you know, I, yay, <laughs> yay for Jesus. I love Jesus. But I really love this music over here. And I remember like having this moment where my great aunts were like, you know, you want to listen to this music because it keeps you holy and you go into heaven. And I was like, I believe that. That I learned eventually about Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder and all these other, and Whitney Houston, all these other artists, yes, who grew up in, in church, but they're, as, as my aunts would say, worldly and secular. Yes, worldly. <laughs> yes, I know so that. I, I went through that phase too. And um, I was just like, I just love it all. And I refuse yeah. anybody to put it in a box or music in a box or me in a box with a specific genre. Like, I'm not going to do that. It's all going to inspire me. And I believe that it all does. So I went through that. So what you're saying about Sade, Sade came for me later. And I remember going to a girlfriend when I was a kid, her name was Corey Hahn. And Corey's mom let us watch videos on VH1 all night. The first time I saw Janet Jackson's Love Will Never Do Without You, I lost my mind. What about it made you react like that? Her effortlessness to be just so incredibly sexy and fly and above anything, she was brown. She looked like me. Yeah. I felt like I was seeing myself in her. And at that time, I remember seeing a George Michael video and I saw Naomi Campbell and I watched her walk. And it was like seeing myself in the world and seeing it being accepted. Yeah. And that really, really meant a lot to me. And um, it made me feel like between Whitney, Janet and Naomi, I was like, I can do anything. And then when I heard Sade, I feel like no one in this earth can do what Sade does. I don't know. it. Like it's no one can do it. And even if you try, you won't be able to because. What I love about her is she understands or like knows her magic, but she knows the magic that exists around her with her band too. And her um, just knowing the worth of her music and being like, yeah, I'll give you guys something when I feel like, you know, you know she doesn't say it, but you just, you definitely like, Hey man, it's been 10 years and I'm waiting. So when you say that, it makes me think of um, Prince, and I mean, when you say the magic is sort of like, he has to be aware, but he never kind of winks at the camera. It's just sort of like, I know you know, and you know I know, but I'm going to just be Prince. And Sade has that 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. The first time I saw her riding on that horse and she's holding the thing in the air and said, I am just out in the rain. That was taboo. You give me, you give me the sweet. I remember when I when I moved to Miami, I was older and I started really breaking down all of her albums. And I listened to them like months at a time and just like just really studied it because I just I respected and love love her. I love her so much. And then I remember we toured in Europe or did some sort of promo in Europe and we were about to be in the same place that Sade was coming to in Germany. Oh my God, the girls were so patient with me and they waited around for Sade. We waited for hours. <laughs> the whole group? Yes, the girls were so sweet. They were like, no, 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 we'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. I mean, we'll wait with you. Two and a half hours passed by. And so we're there. And finally, it was like the last 30 minutes. I was like, we can go, y'all. Thank y'all so much for waiting. They're just the best. And so we leave. 
Guess who rose up literally seven minutes later? No. And I still haven't met her to this day, but she is my, like one of my queens for sure. You haven't met her? No. I think if I met her, I would have the same reaction I did to Whitney if I met her. I have people that I'd never want to meet because I know how uncool I'll be. And I just don't want that moment. But I like I'm a fan, but I'm like, I'm nervous. Yeah. Yes. I had that uncool moment with Whitney, but it's okay. I mean, can you describe it a little bit? So (laughs) we're coming out of Hotel Nico um, in L.A. Yeah, we're walking out and Bobby's coming in. And so at the time, um, Bobby's like, hey, oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet y'all. Oh my God, my wife would love to meet y'all. Hold on, she's in the lobby, come with me. And so I was like, his wife, his wife. Like literally my whole body, like I've, I felt like, oh shoot, we're about to meet. I didn't say shoot, I said shit. I was like, shit, we're about to meet Whitney Houston. And I'm not even, I haven't even met her yet. And I can just feel my throat closing up and I'm about to cry. I was like, no, you got to come here. You got this, you got this, you got this. We see her and it's like literally all this light. And one time on her face just comes in and I'm like, it's like angels. Oh. All of this was happening at one time. It was fire taking hallelujah. It was just the moment. So I'm sitting there and the girls are just talking to her. Oh my gosh, we love you. Well, Kelly loves you. Oh, I love you. And she's just talking to us. I can't hear nothing. I can't hear. I barely remember like what she said because I was just staring. I I definitely was a creep that day. (laughs) A hard creep, like creep. And, um, but I was just in such awe of her. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I met her and eventually like she became like an auntie. She she called, she referred to herself to us as Auntie Whitney. When you said Auntie Whitney, I my human reaction, not my interview reaction, was to get up and walk out like Yo, I know. what? <laughs> like <laughs> she would always call and check up on us. She'd al- always make sure we were like cool and that was so nice. She didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Twenty-four years ago, Kelly rolled in her Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, and Biggie in the back of a New York limousine, and she was inspired. Since that limo ride, a lot has changed for Kelly. She sold millions of records, won multiple Grammys, and toured the world. Nowadays, it's Kelly's music that inspires the next generation of artists, and is part of the soundtrack of our lives. People are like, this is a soundtrack to my summer, this is a soundtrack to my first slow dance, or this is like, what you're like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, we did that. So awesome and a blessing, really grateful. You can listen to the entire season of the Mogul Mixtapes for free right now on Spotify. If you want to hear the music from this episode, check out our playlist on Spotify. You hear all of Kelly's favorite jams. Songs like War Tour, One More Chance, and Taboo. And we've also got one of my picks in there, Sade's Smooth Operator. All you got to do is search for Mogul Mixtape Playlist in the Spotify app and turn the volume all the way up. 
Mogul is a production of Spotify and Gimlet Media. This episode was produced by Gabby Bulgarelli, Meg Driscoll, and Saeed Tijan Thomas. Our supervising producer is Matthew Nelson. Our editors are Lynn Levy, Caitlin Kenny, and Chris Morrow. Sound design and mixing by Haley Shaw. Music supervision by Matthew Boll and Liz Fulton. This episode was scored by Nana Quibena. You all stay safe, and I'll see you next episode.